This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're all familiar with the concept of projection. You know, that practice where you accuse your opponents of doing what it is that you yourself are doing. Or your attack against your opponents ends up revealing far more about yourself and your own goals than it does anything about your opponents. Projection is usually pretty obvious because the attack typically doesn't actually make a lot of sense when you think about what it is that's being said. Today we have a case of projection involving the Amazon Synod, specifically a case of an ally of Francis and Brazil claiming that those who attack the Synod and Francis are a dragon attacking the church which is a purposeful invocation of the imagery of the Book of the Apocalypse. It's almost a funny claim, but in reality it is far closer to home than the maniacs would ever admit, except that in all reality they may actually be the dragon of Revelation, or maybe its forerunner, or at the very least useful idiots for the dragon. Let's have a look at what these comments that are funny and being largely overlooked in the coverage of the auto demolition of their church actually are. Our story takes us to the Archdiocese of Aparecida, Brazil, the same Aparecida that was home to the famous or maybe infamous conference of that same name, hosted by then-Cardinal Bergoglio in 2007, where some of his environmental false gospel and plans for decentralization of the church were first expressed long before he ascended to the papacy. The Archbishop of Aparecida, Archbishop Orlando Brandes, was saying a solemn high mass, when he said that conservatives and traditionalists who oppose the Amazon Synod are, quote, possessed by the dragon of traditionalism, and they, or maybe we, are violent, unfair, and taking shots at Francis, the Synod, and the Second Vatican Council. These statements didn't appear ironic to anyone reporting on them, given that he said the, this during his homily at a solemn high mass and for the other masses said on that Sunday. And for those who don't know, the solemn high mass is a form of the traditional Latin mass, which goes to show that a priest or bishop saying a Latin Mass does not necessarily make him a traditionalist. Funny enough, he said that this dragon of traditionalism was the same dragon from sacred scripture, which was responsible for the evils of the world, and was actively promoting hunger, inequality, health dis wealth disparities, and quote-unquote social inequalities. <laughs> you know, I always find it reassuring when an archbishop of the Catholic Church speaks like a purple-haired college activist at a university in the United States. But we are actually talking about an archbishop from a part of the world that is overrun by liberation theology. And in case you thought the archbishop was speaking metaphorically, he said, quote, Of course in the scriptures the dragon is the devil, the evil that organizes itself in the world, unquote. So yes, according to him, traditionalists are of the devil. Fun times. To me, this is a clear example of the failure of this archbishop to open a dialogue and accompany us in the spirit of ecumenism. Or something. This homily was addressed to 40,000 Catholics attending Masses at the Basilica of Our Lady of Aparecida this past Sunday, including a Latin Mass, and in attendance was Brazil's first conservative president in many years, Jair Bolsonaro, and he wasn't exactly thrilled to get called a tool of the devil by the Archbishop. The Archbishop's homily was a textbook example of the thinking dominating the Synod. 
The bishop invoked the blessing of God on the synod, quote, which is thinking about the life of those trees, those rivers, those birds, but especially those populations. Many of our relatives are there. Deliver us from evil, and we will then be free, so that in Brazil our children do not die anymore from one stray bullet, our young people do not commit suicide, and our and our elderly have a place of dignity to live and survive. End quote. So if you're curious, yes, the Brazilians are subjected to political homilies just like we are in the United States, Canada, and the EU. This homily was toned down only slightly when the president himself was in attendance, blaming both the left and right instead for the problems. But he was aware of the earlier and later versions of the homily, as, Bolson as Jair Bolsonaro's cabinet members issued terse responses to it. But the best part was that the bishop responded to media criticism that he was being too nice to the president by returning to his attacks on the conservatives and traditionalists in the church in his media address. To the media, who are just as unworthy of being trusted in Brazil as they are in the United States and Europe, he said, quote, Everyone knows what is right. We have many people holding traditionalist views who do not accept the Vatican and the Pope, sometimes with different names and sometimes with old names. The ideology of the left and right was always in the church, and we cannot be ideological. We need to be people of truth. Ideology always seeks its own interests. The truth is one person, Jesus Christ and his gospel. End quote. And yeah, he's right that there always have been factions in the church, although the left-right dichotomy comes from the Enlightenment, but, you know, whatever. And the Christ, and that Christ is the truth, but this is just an, an amazing homily if I've ever seen one. If you've forgotten what the dragon is in the Bible, it's a reference to, uh, well, the end of days. And here's a handy reminder from the Apocalypse, or Revelation, as the Protestants tend to call it and have convinced many Catholics to call it. Here are the opening passages of chapter 12 of the Apocalypse. Quote, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. And being with child, she cried, travailing in birth, and was in pain to be delivered. And there was, there was seen another sign in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten hordes, and on his head seven diadems. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to be delivered, that when she should be delivered, he might devour her son. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her son was taken up to God and to his throne. End quote. This passage has always been understood to be of the Virgin, symbolizing the church militant, that is, the church on earth, during the tribulation and the time of Antichrist, and the dragon to be the devil persecuting the church. Its tail sweeps one-third of the stars from heaven, and those stars are thought to be bishops and priests, according to virtually every traditional reading of the Apocalypse. But according to this bishop, traditionalists are of the devil, serving the Antichrist, if we were to follow his logic and his re referencing the book of the Apocalypse to its logical conclusion. And that's pretty weird, given that he then turns his homily into a liberation theology screed against the church. And if there's anything the devil truly likes, it's when the liturgy and the teachers of the church have corrupted the practice of the faith and her liturgy with material worldly concerns that co-opt Christ for politics. But we shouldn't be surprised. Francis has himself frequently rebuked conservative critics of his silence and even alleged cover-ups of predator priests being in league with Satan, the great accuser. 
On different occasions, the presumed pontiff implied that conservative and traditionalists are a pack of wild dogs, scandal mongers, and even collaborators in the crucifixion of our blessed Lord. So yes, we shouldn't be surprised that an archbishop in Brazil uses the same language to attack those who are seeking to defend the church from heresy, schism, apostasy, and against a turn towards the purely secular. But I'm reminded of something else, something Francis said mere months into his reign. In June of 2013, he made the bizarre claim that Christ defeated sin by becoming sin, that he became the devil by becoming the devil. Here's an excerpt of what he said back in 2013. The serpent is the symbol of wickedness, is the symbol of the devil. It was the most cunning of the animals in earthly paradise. Because the serpent is the one that is able to seduce with lies, he is the father of lies. This is the mystery. But then we have to look at the devil to save us. The serpent is the father of sin, the one that made humanity sin. In reality, Jesus says, when I am lifted up, every, everyone will come to me. Obviously, this is the mystery of the cross. The bronze serpent healed, said Francis, but the bronze serpent was a sign of two things. The sin done by the serpent, the seduction of the serpent, the cunning of the serpent, and it was also the sign of the cross of Christ. It was a prophecy. And this is why the Lord tells him, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am. So we can say, the Pope affirmed, that Jesus made himself the serpent. Jesus made himself sin. And he took upon himself all the filth of humanity, all the filth of sin, and he made himself sin. He made himself to rise up so that all the people might look at him, the people wounded by sin, us. This is the mystery of the cross, and Paul says it. He made himself sin, and he took the appearance of the father of sin, the cunning serpent. End quote. Yesterday I mentioned Francis's bizarre eschatology in trying to come to an understanding of his statements to Scalfari. This is just another example of that, and it has both influenced his own understanding of the polarization and divisions in the church, and that thinking has infected the minds of his bishops, like the Archbishop of Aparecida, who seems more convinced with reducing his political enemies to tools of Satan than he is in addressing the real spiritual crisis in the church today, in that he may very well take after Francis himself. You know, I don't even really know what Francis's words about Christ and the devil mean. It sounds to me like a word salad version of how we understand Christ defeating death by taking on death on the cross. But utterly mangled is something that is useful as a cudgel against those who oppose innovation, compromise, error, and heresy. So be it. But six years later, it is evident that his thinking is still going strong in the church today, and even becoming more present among those who support the Amazon Synod. Ironically, the Synod has been a vehicle for increased power of the United Nations and its attempted intervention in the Amazon, and if there is any organization that is closer to being a tool of Satan, it's the United Nations, with its population control program and promotion of medical Moloch worship in the developing world. And that brings us back to the concept of projection. The Amazon Synod and its organizers and promoters are the ones sowing sin and division in the church, and they have been for years now. It is truly strange to see those who seek to defend the deposit of the faith, accused of being tools of Satan, by those who are leading people into sin and error through bad teaching, bad preaching, and an attempted destruction of the faith. They are projecting onto us the very thing they accuse us of being. That is, of course, lost on them entirely. Such is the way of things. So keep praying for the church and for these men leading her astray. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.